Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 157 of On the Flank. I'm your host, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Joe, one week under the belt. The Overwatch League's fifth season has begun. Uh, we had the first week of the year for NA teams only because of COVID, unfortunately, over in APAC. Uh, but it was well worth the wait, and we got a, gr- a great amount of matches on a brand new game, Overwatch 2 Beta. Uh, even a live, even a live event in there. I mean, it was a jam-packed weekend, Joe, wasn't it? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> Including even like a <laughs> for the first time ever, a map had to be redone. That's right, they had to redo a map because someone cheated and. That someone was the Florida Mayhem with the player someone on their team. I was gonna say it wasn't someone specifically. <laughs> it wasn't someone. Someone was not not Symmetra or May. So I guess he technically did not do it. Um, but if you haven't listened to our show before during the season, uh, to recap each week, I sort of go just team by team, talk about each team's weekends. Uh, this this week we have less teams. To cover than usual because the entirety of APAC did not play at all. We only got the NA teams, uh, but this this year we got no bye weeks, I believe. So that means every NA team played, um, which is awesome. Uh, so let's you know let's start with that Florida Mayhem team that uh, you know in the offs going into this season. I think basically looking at the roster, most people weren't as hype about it. But then the hype was sort of coming from the Scrimbucks exchange, Joe. Going into that game against Atlanta, um, people, some people predicted uh, Mayhem to win that game. People were predicting it to be at least close. Um, I correctly predicted that it was going to be a 3-1 Atlanta. Um, but yeah, they so the Florida Mayhem played Atlanta in their first game. Then they played Paris in their second one. They beat Paris 3-1. to one. In five maps, though. Yeah, <laughs> um, four and a half. <laughs> yeah, four and a half-ish. Whatever. Uh, but on their Twitter, all the players were just like, GG's beat, beat Paris four to one. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but let's just, before we get into their play, I guess, Joe, let's talk about their overall play instead. What did you think of the Florida Mayhem here in this first week? Any standout players for you? Do you think they are going to be competing with top teams and do you think they'll put up better showings than a three to one maybe be able to grab a win against atlanta down the road yeah i think um uh if i'm if i'm giving a shout out one of the shout outs i think it's gonna have to go to hydron um who was uh starting i think basically in in both of those matches uh we we didn't see um uh at least not the I was paying attention, but we didn't see actually. It was just yeah. checkmate and Hydra there on the DPS line, um, and and yeah, really showing up, really really being being solid for them. Um, but yeah, just in general, pretty pretty solid showing I think for for Florida this week. Um, we we expect Atlanta to do well, um, and they had a uh, Atlanta had a pretty easy week, but um, we, you know at least for now appear to be uh, holding up there into the bargain as far as that goes. Um, um, but yeah, Florida definitely definitely showing up where it counted, um, uh, and yeah, you know, being being creative, you know, pulling out um, those kinds of things. Like on their sure, their their Monte Carlo attack was uh, uh, a little little sus, but uh, but even their defense, you know, they had uh, you know the the creativity, um, uh, you know, showing up there uh, right outside the spawn doors for for some kind of. 
surprise move a little bit. Um, um, but yeah, definitely, um, definitely, definitely a solid week for Florida. I, I wasn't uh, super surprised necessarily by by either result, but um, uh, but yeah, looking good. Yeah, um, I think that's a big thing you mentioned there, that creativity, Joe. I think this was the most creative team, or at least they tried to be the most creative team. Um, one of the most creative teams. I think the other one up there is Outlaws, which we'll get to later. But I think I think Mayhem was really trying to think outside the box all weekend because on Gibraltar against the Atlanta Reign, someone was the only one to pull out the Roadhog all week, and it failed miserably um, but it, it, the point is even if it was awful the point is that Gunba and that coaching staff is clearly trying to think outside the box trying to realize this is a brand new game we shouldn't just be meta slaves we shouldn't just be following what everyone else is doing we can find different things on these brand new maps that other people have not found yet um, and even though it was not legal what they did using that Symmetra TP uh, Maywall Strat. Um, it is still clear that they are thinking outside the box. It is still clear that this Florida Mayhem team is way more creative than years past. Uh, and that is coming from their coaching staff, I think, most likely here. Um, and I agree with you. Hydron did very well there for the Mayhem as well. It is worth noting you mentioned XC. The main reason he didn't play at all was he is still in Korea. So, uh, and he just tweeted that he's heading to North America. So he will be there probably for next week. Um, so they will finally have XC. They'll have that full checkmate Hydra. I, I will also mention checkmate who uh, obviously was stuck on that tank roll last year. Man, it's so good to see him on, on DPS. He's really good. Um, so that's, we didn't get to see Adam at all, but someone did pretty well besides on Roadhog. Yeah. Overall, like I think things are looking up here for Florida and they're not even full strength yet. Uh, one, one this weekend is definitely good. And being able to compete with Atlanta, especially in that game, and it wasn't until they just flopped with that Roadhog strat that they just got it deflated. So, yeah, like like what Flora showed us for sure. Um, let's continue on with uh, another team that played on day one, and that is the San Francisco Shock, who uh, had a very easy week and played the two European teams. Um, and, you know, just just a nice, easy weekend. But it doesn't matter, right, Joe? It doesn't matter. It, it's it's clear to us, right, that the San Francisco Shock team, completely new roster, uh, besides Violet, who isn't even on his normal role. He's playing Lucio all weekend, basically. Um, and they come out and they stomp both Paris and London three to nothing. Uh, and they make it look easy. They make it look like this is the San Francisco Shock of past, I mean, this this is looking like another very good season for the Shock Joe. Where do you? We we didn't get to see him against these top level teams based off their play this weekend. Do you think they could compete with the with the Dallas Fuel, Atlanta Rain, Houston Outlaws, Gladiators, all those teams? Yeah, there's definitely um, you're absolutely right. The asterisk there of of looking at their schedule um, that they only only played uh, Paris and, and London this particular uh, this particular week. So that's um, you know definitely definitely. Um, falls in their favor, but yeah, talk about um, uh, well oiled. I think is is a good description of the the kind of play we saw um, uh, at San Francisco here this first week. Yeah, that um, the the DPS line fitting together super nicely. Um, all three of uh, Proper Kilo and Sam um, 
Uh, and it was good. Speaking of which, it was good to be, have a broadcast and hear the um, casters saying some of the names, so we know it that is it's Sam. Sam. It's <laughs> Sam, which is crazy. Um, I never, would, I would never would have guessed it was Sam, but it is yeah, Sam. Well, and, and his his actual real name is Samuel, so I guess it makes sense. But yeah, it would not have would not have put that together. Um, but regardless, all th- all three of the DPS, you know, um, seeing some playtime, uh, finding their roles appropriately. Um, uh, Kalu's showing up looking really solid uh, against um, you know, his counterparts in Hadi and uh, uh, been Don, maybe, I guess? Vestola um, uh, uh, was in mostly oh, for no, Paris. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At least when he faced Shock. I, I didn't get to catch most of the Mayhem game, so I don't know who was in, but I think they were running Vestola the entire time against Shock. Yeah, yeah, lots of Vestola. Um, uh, particularly, he's, he's playing some, some good Sigma too. But, um, but, but yeah, definitely looking solid. Uh, for shock, the the real test is going to come uh, next week. Obviously, they're 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 running into Houston next week. They're running into New York, uh, which may be a, a little bit more straightforward. Um, and I guess just for perspective, to round out the uh, yeah to round out the stage, they're still looking ahead at uh, a Gladiators match and uh, Vancouver. Uh, so, so definitely a, a couple a couple challenges for for shock um, uh, ahead of them. Uh, you know, between now and. Uh, in um, the end of the tournament, but yeah, definitely, definitely, this is the kind of start you want. Yeah, I mean, overall, still seems like a very easy schedule for this first one, but yeah, Gladiators and Outlaws still going to make it make it tough, at least. Um, and you mentioned Kaluz, Joe. Uh, of course, on this podcast, we also give out our Player of the Week, and mine is going to Kaluz. Who, God, there were so many great players to choose from. It felt way more obvious, I will say, about 5v5. It felt way more obvious who was making an impact to me, at least. So I think that may be why, maybe why it's so hard to pick, because I was so impressed by so many people. Uh, but I got to give it to Kaluj, who I think had the one of the highest uphill battles here. Basically just joined the league in the last month, had to fill Super's shoes on this roster, uh, and is fitting perfectly so far doing so well uh, and had a really really good week so i'm gonna give it to clues just because of um the high expectations we all had for him having to fill the shoes of uh basically the face of the shock and the face of the entire league for the past couple of years i wouldn't say he's like the face of the league now but he did very well so i'm giving it to clues um all right let's move on to another team here shock i think we're both the same here on Chalk. Good first week, but we want to see them against Outlaws first. Um, Gladiators. This is a team that also had a very easy schedule, and I think people are having the opposite reaction of what they had to the Shock, despite them both having easy schedules. Everyone very impressed with the Shock. Gladiators, um, despite getting two wins, despite being 2-0, I think most of the analysts' perception of the Gladiators, most of the people around the game, are sort of disappointed in what they saw this weekend, despite a 2-0 start, uh, beating both the Excelsior 3-1 and Uprising 3-1. What is your take on this Los Angeles Gladiators team, Joe? Are you a little bit disappointed, especially with the extremely high expectations for this probably insanely uh, expensive roster? Um, are you impressed or do, are you more cautious? Are you more like, okay, this is just the first week. They're going to be okay, even though it was maybe a little shaky against two easier teams. Yeah, I think I think shaky is a good word, um, and so a lot of it is going to be you know feeling out the difference between week one and week two um, for the squad. Uh, but it was certainly good, uh, g- good to see them and and play in the kinds of things, um, the, the kinds of things that we expected and in the kinds of ways that we expected. Um, 
Um, they, as far as that goes, so we, we got to see the the full support rotation. I believe this past weekend, uh, lots of Reiner on tank, uh, starting up of uh, above space in in a couple of cases, um, uh, which is good. It's good to you know to have that flexibility, to have that reliability, and yeah, hold his own against um, some of the the other opponents. Um, the the gladiators were looking at um, yeah I think the the New York match uh, probably should have been a three zero I I picked it for a three zero um, uh, a lot of well I, I shouldn't say a lot of that is is due to but it's worth mentioning um, uh, Apatafan obviously as as a big factor in um, the performance broadly of this team um, uh, in this week uh, definitely was. A, feeling a little unsure potentially uh you know at the beginning of the series but uh when he was able to be doing well um uh was definitely definitely a big player um uh for this roster as it went yeah i i agree i think he's the bit he's the main thing him and ons are the main thing you look at because you have so many consistent goods in this roster you have the two players returning from last year who are just were consistently insane over the weekend and that is Kefster, especially on his like soldier and that is Shu on Anna by far I think he was the best Anna this weekend uh Shu is nuts uh funny Astro returning as well looking really good and skewed coming in for maps looking good too but as you mentioned Reiner as the new person coming into this roster also extremely good um but it's just Potty here and Ans who maybe weren't so consistent they both um, Potty was in more than Ons was, uh, but Potty Pan was, uh, yeah, a little shaky for sure on that Genji stuff like that. I think he could tell he was nervous, probably. I mean, on Twitter, he wasn't most confident after those games. He went 2-0 this weekend, but he still knows he has things to work on, and that I think is the positive to take out of it, is that he knows he didn't he didn't do as well as he could have. Maybe a bit of nerves this first week. I think this is what you expect if you're a Gladiators fan. If you came into this week thinking you were going to be world beaters immediately when you have Ons and Potty, two people who basically retired for a year and weren't playing Overwatch, so these, these people coming back, um, it's going to take a little bit of time to get them used to big matches. Potty's never played in a league this big. I know he's been on a big stage in Contenders and in Valorant, which is, I would compare it to Contenders at this point as far as, as, far as like, how big it is i guess this is he's getting paid probably the most he's ever gotten paid he's getting he's he's representing the los angeles gladiators on a very expensive team with high expectations here like in valorant his team didn't have that high ex of expectations and contenders it's contenders so and world cup it, it it's thailand where where you don't have high high expectations to that team so this is his first team playing with really high expectations so you gotta give him a bit to get used to it so I, all things considered there, I think Gladiators are very happy to come out of this week 2-0 and have two easier matchups here, for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely not uh, uh, definitely not concerned uh, you know, at this point um, after, after only a few matches for the way the rest of the, the, yeah. the, you know, the month is going to go. Yeah, there's definitely, definitely lots of room to, to breathe. Yeah, I mean, your only issue is you play Fuel next week, right? And if you're playing this at the same level you've been playing, you played Boston and New York. It's hard for me to think you're going to win that game, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what go that's a big game next week. So we'll see which way that one goes. If if the new if a different potty can show up, a more confident one. Um, all right, let's talk. Uh, who should we talk to? Let's go to Houston 
Dallas, Joe. Let's talk about these two teams because this is this is where everything was kind of going to plan the rest of the weekend up to this point, right? It's like shock <laughs> yeah. beating the European teams, um, Boston, Vancouver, another close game like they always do last, just like last year, um, and then we go into this Houston homestand that I guess was in Sandy San Antonio, kinda. So it wasn't really a home game, really, but it San Antonio was closer to Houston, so. Uh, there's that. Uh, they come come to the San Antonio live event, and they just stomp the Dallas Fuel, Joe. They absolutely stomp them, and they 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 bring out Dante on tank, uh, playing the Doomfist. And up to this weekend, I think it was that last game uh, in in the Boston game where we truly first saw how Doom can carry as a tank. On that map five, when they brought uh, Marvel in and he was playing Doom, he was actually carrying. For the first time, anyone, uh, Hawk was running Doom, but he was playing more of like a team dive Doom, whereas Marvel was just coming in playing Doom almost like a DPS. And then the next game, Dante does it even, does it the entire time. Dante comes in, literally a DPS player, plays Doom like a DPS would, and they destroy the Dallas Fuel. I don't know if they were expecting it or anything like i mean how surprised were you watching this match joe because i was super surprised i thought if houston won it would be close not, not yeah like i mean 3-0 yeah i mean i had it i had it uh 3-2 for houston or 3-2 for dallas in my in my pickums initially um yeah because we knew it was going to be big we knew it was going to be uh you know an outsized effect of with the land and with the um you know the rivalry and with how um how we were rating both of these teams um um, but, but yeah, it, it explosive, <laughs> you, you know, difference here, right, uh, right all the way from that beginning map when they they first you know pulled out the uh, the Dante Doomfist. Now it makes total sense. Uh, I'm I'm a little surprised that I hadn't <laughs> you know considered that as a as a possibility. Um, um, I was surprised I hadn't considered that as a possibility. You know, going into the preseason, uh, that oh yeah, it makes total sense if you're gonna be playing doomfist uh you know dante's the player to do it um uh, but all that being said yeah just um going crazy with um <laughs> go crazy with that difference and and, and yeah showing up against uh uh fearless and hanbit and and playing both of them uh as well as he did i mean that's um uh that that was uh to to quote the tweet that got posted on our twitter that was that was an outsized effect um, which this is coming in right now. Occasionally we do this uh, live on the show. <laughs> wow. Um, we, we get we got a Twitter interaction from Dante, so shout out to Dante, <laughs> um, uh, who's gonna who's gonna outsize, uh, you, you know, talking about the outsized tank diff with him and Kaluge. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, the all the way down to the the post match quote from him talking about yeah we drove three hours for three maps. What's you know what's going on. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that, that was definitely a fun match for sure. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Dante giving us the reply on Twitter. He's, he's shit talking Kaluge on our time. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was super sweet seeing him this weekend. I mean, obviously like this match would be more exciting if, um, the results maybe were different at the end of this weekend for the Outlaws specifically. I think I kind of expected Fuel to put up a way better match against the Justice, even though I picked Justice in a close one. 
um, at the last second, and that was stupid. Uh, the Outlaws, I did not expect to lose to Toronto, I'll be honest. Uh, and they, it, it was still a close game, but based off how they played against the Fuel, like, they shouldn't have lost. <laughs> they definitely shouldn't have lost, and they looked a bit shaky. I think Jake tweeted after, like, that it was his fault, and he said, like, prep was bad. So maybe that's, maybe you should look up a little bit that they know, that maybe they figured out why exactly they didn't do well. They still look good, and I think I think you can't take away from the fact Toronto did look good this weekend uh, at times. But yeah, those ending matches there where the Fuel uh, end up stomping the Justice and the Outlaws lose to the Defiant. You got a little circle of suck there with the Justice, Defiant, <laughs> Outlaws, and Fuel going on, um, <laughs> which is always fun. All one-on-one one w- teams. It wouldn't be Overwatch League without it. Exactly. Um I mean, yeah. If do you have anything to say about Justice and Toronto? I guess I, I, I'm still confused exactly like how, uh, like the fact the one ones from them this weekend do concern me. Um, still, for both of these teams, it just makes me feel like I have an outlook for both these teams that's going to be similar to last year. They'll be competing for playoffs. They'll be like on the edge of it, I guess. But. May, they just won't be consistent enough to like win in win in those big games. What what do you think about these two teams? They obviously matched up. Defiant look really good on map one, and then just let Justice kind of take the rest of the maps. Um, yeah, what do you think of these these two teams, Joe? Yeah, a, a lot of um, yeah. It's it's hard to say. I'm I haven't been um, too concerned at least about you know the results of of these first week matches for for either of these or for any of these teams necessarily um just because we know how um uh we, we knew in the preseason how how close a lot of these teams were gonna be and, and so i think in a lot of ways that's just you know the 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 end result of some of these predictions shaking out um yeah i mean when um talking about toronto yeah toronto houston that was an upset i think it's fair to say um excuse me and and i had i had leaned into them uh against washington on on thursday or on saturday when that happened but um uh, but, but, but yeah there are lots of back and forth lots of um I, I think your your assessment is good about like you can you can tell more when an individual is um is is having that kind of uh impact and lots of um you know on and off um in and out kind of um results we we saw with some of these individuals i think is is a a contributor um uh to some of these to some of these score lines i think it's fair to say yeah definitely i think you could blame a lot of this on a lot outside like a lot of nerves probably first week all that stuff right like I think that's completely what I, from Toronto, you see that promise there and they fully reached that promise, I guess, against Outlaws beating them in that five map series because against Washington, I'm watching them and I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, they look, I was way more excited about Toronto throughout the entire game than Washington. And then sort of towards the end, Washington was just winning those maps purely because Happy was just nuts. <laughs> like throughout the entire weekend, Happy was just so good. And a Washington Justice, I always complain about the Justice, obviously. And during my power ranks, we complained. I was like, why'd you pick up Happy when you could have picked up actual good supports? And I'm still behind that. I'm like, their supports were the worst part of this team this entire weekend. No doubt. But Happy was like the entire reason they beat Toronto. So I guess you can't be too mad. Um, but overall, Toronto, they 
they still have the talent there. I think I'm more, I have more of a positive outlook on Toronto than Washington coming out of this weekend. And maybe it is just because their last game they won and Washington lost. But honestly, I think Toronto, Hisu looked great on like Soldier and all all the heroes he was playing. Finale looked really good. One of the better Genjis this this uh, weekend. And then it's just, it's Muse is good enough. And then you have like one of the best support, line, support lines in the league. And it, I mean, they were one of the most hyped up ones, Cho Rong and Twilight, coming into the season. And I think they lived up to the hype this first week. Um, I think they were really, really good. And they were probably the reason they beat Houston in the end. Uh, so, yeah, I think both Toronto and Washington will still be competing with these top teams. Uh, they got the talent there, clearly. It's just going to be about coaching and teamwork. And if they can, it's going to be about mental with these two teams for sure, because they have the talent there. It's just about mental uh, and overcoming that. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, we still got some teams to talk about here. More. Uh, these are mostly, I think we mostly have losing teams left. Uh, long time. I guess we didn't talk about Atlanta. They kind of had, they had a good weekend, Joe. I don't have much to say about Atlanta. They, they had a little bit of an easier schedule. Florida was harder, obviously, but they looked, made it look easy. Uh, the only thing I have to say about Atlanta is despite brand new players, you got ultraviolet who's nuts. Uh, and it just doesn't matter because this team, Kai is great. Uh, Hawk was in most of the week playing Doom and stuff like that. Yeah, this, the coaching staff still fantastic for Atlanta, and the players are still fantastic. I don't have much to add to the Atlanta. Do you have anything to talk about with Atlanta, Joe? Because there's not much new here. It's it's just some great new supports for the Atlanta Rams. Oh, for sure, yeah. The The consistency is going to be good for them. Um, they're going up against Washington. Uh, just scrolling real quick through this. Um, Vancouver, I mean, that's those are both going to be absolutely winnable matches. Uh, and then finishing out with London and uh, Gladiators. Uh, to, to wrap up the... Uh, uh, to, to wrap up this, yeah, that I, I anticipate they're going to you know continue to find this, these kind of successes. Um because yeah, just looking looking really good, looking really solid. Um, uh, up there, up there with Shock, and it's a shame we're not going to be able to to see him play in together um, during this tournament cycle. But I, I think it's I'd say uh, you know right up there with Shock in terms of um, um, looking looking consistently good uh, this weekend, which not every team could have said. Yeah, definitely, it's them and Shock and. Um one other team up there at the top right gladiators all two now so and all looking good all all three of those teams looking pretty good so i'm excited we'll maybe get to see atlanta shock there in the tournament uh the kickoff class tournament so that'll be fun to see um as far as losing teams go uh are teams that just didn't have as good of a weekend you have let's talk vancouver titans joe because i think um a, a lot of people are saying okay this is clearly the worst team in the league now i mean they faced london and got swept right joe so um and then it was a very unfortunate c9 to end that five game series against the boston uprising they were close to being in the uprising do you think you just get def so deflated that you end up losing that london game i mean do you see a different result maybe if if, if the titans had not C9 there, I mean, even just lost normally. Maybe they take a map against London. Maybe they have some more confidence. Do you think this is the worst team in the league? Is what I'm trying to ask, I guess. Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I, I don't know that the the Vancouver London. I mean, obviously, uh, super big win for London, but I don't know. Um, 
I, I wasn't as shocked about that. I don't know. I, it, the, 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 yes, I think Vancouver should have had a better performance there, but I don't. But not to the point where it's like um, uh, all doom and gloom for them necessarily, because because of the way you know. I think London is is looking really solid, um, and 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 um, the, even against. Um, it, it's been a while, but I think even against Shockward, not like terrible looking. <laughs> um, uh, you, you know, despite obviously getting diffed, but um, which oxymoron, but whatever. Um, yeah, that I'm not. I'm not super concerned about Vancouver. Yeah, I think their their Boston match, um, in particular, looked really good. I'm, I mean, I know one of these teams we'll be talking about next is Boston, and I've got um, it was it was a roller coaster for them, but. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I think to the extent that um, they, to the extent that they have winnable matches um, coming up here in in the next couple weeks too, I think that's going to be positive. I mean, they're looking at New York, they're looking at Florida, um, and then and then a couple more difficult ones at Atlanta and and San Francisco. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like I said, it's it's really hard. Uh, I'm I'm still convinced um, here after week one to say that there is a worse team in the league necessarily. <laughs> uh, uh, like I said, I, I was saying it preseason, but but at least after this first week is is still up there. Uh, I, I mean, Paris is is right up there too at this point because uh, their uh, their their schedule is getting tricky too. Yeah, definitely. I I agree with you. I don't think you can say there's a worse team yet. Um. Because Vancouver Titans still showed promise. I mean, you had their DPS line still looks great. Aspire looks really good. So, yeah, I can't, I, I can't call them worst team quite yet, even though they lost to London. Let's. You mentioned Boston. Let's talk about Boston, Joe. Because uh, in my mind, as you know, as someone who worked around this team last year, it feels not much different from last year. I'll be honest. Like these two games, I watched them. It felt very Boston of last year to me, uh, and they did have. Uh, fairly similar players in there obviously they had uh valentine in i think the whole time i don't think they ever had victoria striker in which makes sense because they cross paths on a lot of heroes um they made they made a lot of weird subs especially in the vancouver game i feel like joe where they would have valentine playing tracer instead of striker they would often take striker out it felt like valentine was their premier dps player almost when he wasn't he wasn't consistent enough to do that he had some crazy genji plays some crazy echo plays in there but they were some there were a lot of times he was sort of just throwing um and then you have punk playing most of the time marvel coming in um there on doom every once in a while and yeah overall this just I, i don't know what to think i don't there's nothing here that convinces me this is different from the boston team last year so far and i it's mostly coming from coaching for me like it does feel like there were some comps Lori got right. There were some comps Lori got wrong. There were some some uh, roles he got right uh, as far as the players go on his team. I think playing Punk most of the time is the right, correct decision. I think depending on Valentine too much is not the right decision. So to me, this is still depending on Lori and his decisions, and he sort of needs to nail down what this team is good at and run with it instead of changing so much map to map. Um, I, there's promise there. You finally take a map off the gladiators, which is always hard for for Lori and the, the uprising to do. But yeah, so far I'm not convinced this team can go over the hump that they had last year 
what do you think of this Boston team in week one? Yeah, talking about um, you know finding finding what you're good at and and sticking to it. Just just to jump in on that, I mean that's that's what we saw a lot of teams this week successfully manage to do. Uh, you know, in a um, I'm not going to say the meta is like completely um, you know ephemeral or or unset or whatever because we saw a lot of a lot of consistency and a lot of uh, similar things from a lot of teams, but but in uh, you know a situation where um, uh, p- perhaps more than in many other times in Overwatch as as a game. I mean, there's there's a lot more things that are, um, if not viable, at least you know possible to to manage. Um, and uh, it, 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 yeah, so picking something and running with it, I think, uh, yeah, can definitely be um, definitely be to their benefit. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, just in general, I think yeah, this is it was a week. Um, uh, for Boston, that's for sure. The uh, uh, after they played, or after Vancouver played them so close, uh, I swapped my my predictions for the Vancouver London match, which was a mistake. <laughs> same uh, here, made the uh, same he, mistake because I think on the show we both, uh, you know, verbally uh, <laughs> picked London in that matchup. But, um, uh, but, but yeah, all that to say, yeah, they they definitely need. Uh, a little more, uh, a little more grounding, maybe uh, could be a, a way to describe that uh, as we move into into week two. Yeah, as someone once again who worked with this team, I I found their best moments in the season was it was when they knew exactly what they were best at, and I don't think they quite know that yet. It's kind of an okay meta for them. The fact that they can have Valentine on that Genji uh, is really good because that's one of his best heroes, but. Yeah, it's just rough as far as like striker's good at soldier, and he he's good. He's he's really good at soldier. I think they definitely miss having him be able to be on a tracer that is actually a good hero because right now she's kind of nerfed into the ground, which stinks for striker. Um, I'm just happy we eventually got to see striker on tracer as like a desperation pick because Valentine <laughs> was on it more than him in that Vancouver game for a while there, and it was like, why? What is happening? Um, and some weird comp choices here and there, especially on Midtown against Vancouver. Just overall, not the best week strategy-wise for Boston. It is the first week in a brand new game, so I'm not going to say that I could do better than these people <laughs> coaching. So we'll see what they can bring. They got a nice, easy, what should be an easier week with just London. You got no one else. Just prepare oh, for that yeah. London game as hard as you can and try to figure out exactly what you're good at. Um, speaking of London, they're a one-on-one team too, Joe. They got destroyed by the San Francisco Shock, but then they proceeded to destroy the Vancouver Titans. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know I don't know what to say about London. Um, yeah, that they're um, the yeah the 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 good things that they they showed us uh, looked really good. Uh, the the flexibility on the tank line. Uh, in particular, uh, that they they clearly know what they're doing with with Hadi and Poco. Um, we were able to see uh, see both of them, particularly Poco and the Zarya, which obviously was the the hero probably he played most recently in his his Overwatch League life, which um, you know feels like forever ago, obviously. Um, but um, uh, but but yeah, not 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 looking very consistent like i said the 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 sweep definitely of vancouver was was not so much expected um 
but but the the potential uh i think still remains high for for that roster yeah i agree i we completely saw two different londons this week to be honest they looked i was worried like oh god is this another just awful london team when they got destroyed by the shock because they just weren't putting up a fight at all and then we got to see like giga chad hottie and all these insane (laughs) players come out against vancouver um and it was super fun uh so i i will say they are one win away from having more wins than last year already so i'd say london's probably going to be better than they were last year Watch me. I, I just curse them. They're not, they're not going to win. They're <laughs> just to go 0 and 25 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, London looking. I, I, I'm excited to see them. If they can get a win against Boston next week, like, man, things are, they, they can ride that momentum for sure. That'd be, that'd be nice to see because uh, they got a very hard schedule after that. My God, Houston, Gladiators, Atlanta. Oof. Um, all right, last team that we didn't really talk about specifically is Paris. We talked about the two teams that played them. Um, and they were hard teams, right, Joe? But honestly, even though they were hard teams, I got to say I'm, I'm liking your where you put them in your power rankings, Joe. Like, I, after this these first two games, I could see this team totally collapse and just not be good this year, despite a pretty decent season last year. I mean, what, what do you think about Paris so far? Are you more optimistic at all about them after after week one or are you still sticking with your where'd you put them on your list like 18 or uh, or like or 19 maybe yeah yeah um, yeah definitely yeah not a not a very good week i think they're they were right spots um uh, glister looking looking nice at, at times on the soldier uh vesela um brought in particularly to play well not particularly but including the things that he played was uh sigma on uh, monte carlo um and that continues to be a good hero for him um uh but but yeah generally not um not a super successful week and and not one that's um uh again as i'm sort of scrolling here through their future matches uh i mean they're they're all going to be similarly difficult if not more so um as as the bracket goes on i mean we're looking at houston we're looking at dallas we're looking at washington that's uh, brutal and, man who's yeah, them? And, and, and toronto is is paris's last opponent um that's brutal. But yeah, yeah, really, really tough first month, and so maybe, you know, maybe we'll see a boost a little bit in, in later months. I don't know, but, um, um, but, but yeah, overall, definitely, uh, um, a, a rough weekend, and yeah, not not one that uh, I can say I was super surprised about necessarily. Yeah, I could uh, with that schedule. I would not be surprised if Paris is zero and six at the end of this kickoff clash, which is so sad to say. But those are all losable matches. There are some winnable ones in there, but those are all very losable <laughs> for the Paris Eternal, which is, man, it might be a rough first month for them. Uh, but yeah, that's the last team. So I, let's move on to some other things surrounding just, let's just talk about this week in general. We're talking about the teams. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Let's talk about the fact that we're on Overwatch 2. Let's talk about, um, first, uh, let's get the bad out of the way, Joe, because... I'm going to be honest, the production on this stream, I don't know who they're paying, if they're paying like some 11-year-olds or something now or something, <laughs> but it's a, the production just took a, an extreme step down this year. I mean, not only do you have so many issues where it was lagging like crazy day one, you had some weird issues where the screen is just completely messed up the entire time on certain maps. The FPS the entire time is at 30 which we're so i'm pretty sure it's been 60 the entirety of the league until now where it's at 30 fps 
which is just so awful to look at. The logos on stream and on broadcast are in like 480p. They're all so blurry to me. I'm like, what happened? That they did they lose their high definition uh, files here? Like, I don't get it. They're on Blizzard's campus too. This isn't like a fully remote thing they're doing anymore. It should be way better unless the production is remote while they're on that campus, which would be a big mistake. I really hope somebody out there notes tells us why is it because they're on Overwatch 2? What why in the world is everything downgraded from this stream because it's I think it, it people are noticing. People are noticing that this thing does not the stream never looks good. It looks choppy. It's not fun fun to watch. Production has been messing up a ton. Um, yeah, I, I just hope Sean Miller, someone out there, just tells us why and tells us, is this going to improve? Because we, last year, we literally were at 4K 60 frames per second, and we have downgraded all the way to like 1080, 30 frames per second over the year somehow. It just makes no sense to me. Um, what did you think about yeah. production overall, Joe? Like, what... what? What happened here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I was going to say, I seem to recall that was like one of the selling points of uh, the move to YouTube. <laughs> it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, uh, you know, we're going to be able to have uh, these 4K streams. Uh, a higher bit rate overall and everything. But it's yeah. Uh, yeah, so so I don't know about that. It's I mean there was there were definitely improvements as the week went on. I, I think is is fair to say uh, we got a little bit more. Um, a uh, little bit more frames, uh, you know, so, <laughs> some more of those. A couple more. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, as things went on. But yeah, the the uh, particularly from that first day that was, you know, super choppy. But by the end of the stream, they had um, come up with a, a resolution for that. Um, but yeah, it's not, you know, immediately apparent in terms of, you know, the, uh, the, the, the transition to the new game or anything that why that necessarily would have, have caused an issue. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that gets resolved. Um, um, in, in general, the rest of the production was good, though. It was good to have, um, or the rest of the, not the production in terms of running the stream, but the production in terms of, you know, the elements of the stream itself. It was good to have, um, uh, good to have the desk back together. Uh, Reinforce was, was out, obviously, because he was sick, but, um, um, it's to have them all sitting together and, and cracking jokes about the fact that they were all sitting together uh, felt very normal and very appropriate uh, <laughs> for for the desk. Um, it was the 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 homestand. There was a homestand this weekend. That was excellent. Uh, they had uh, ZP and Avast out there uh, doing their thing. We got to see the return of uh, uh, Malik to the Overwatch League. Um, yeah. yeah, lots, lots of general things like that. Um, Talent was great. All those kinds of things were were very good. Yeah, Talent was fantastic. I felt bad for. I could tell because uh, Uber um, was on some other co streams I was watching throughout the weekend. I could tell how frustrated he was with production that everything was messed up because he because he once again is fantastic at this and the fact that people are turning off his voice to go watch the Korean stream because it's smoother is sad for him, obviously. Um, but yeah, you got Lemon Kiwi and Leg Day in there. I think that was a fantastic addition. I miss Sideshow and Bren, but they almost give off that Sideshow and Bren energy for me. Um, I thought they oh, were yeah. great. Great addition. Um, 
and speaking of co-streams, I was watching co-streams that unfortunately you couldn't co-stream the whole weekend, which was sad. But I did get to watch Sideshow co-stream uh, that first day, and it was fun. I was glad that it actually was happening. But I still think you need to let him do it all the time because, yeah, it, it'd be way better. But still great. Still grateful we have it, have it at least every once in a while. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about Overwatch 2 in general and well, how how easy we thought it was to watch, I guess, Joe. Did you did you find Overwatch? Uh, me personally, I thought it was way easier, as I mentioned earlier, to tell who was carrying. It was way easier to see um, sort of who had impact. Um, the only tough parts for me were the spectators maybe weren't used to how fast-paced the game was, um, which I don't think it's more fast-paced than like Overwatch 1 Dive was, but it's been a while since we had like a pure sort of dive meta. I think it was just about as fast as Overwatch 1 Dive. But yeah, it seemed like to me the spectators were having trouble keeping up, but sometimes it's a new game with, um, you know, new focuses. It's not as alt-focused because you don't get your alt as much as you used to. Um, all that stuff, It's it seemed hard for the spectators, but overall I thought it was a pretty good first week for like a new game and a new experience. What did you think of... 5v5 overall from a spectator's standpoint, Joe. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you there. There's there's going to be some growing pains as as you know the, uh, the those kinds of, of changes come about. Um, the, the, yeah, I think you know in a, in a lot of sense, I mean, the spec the spectators may not have known you know precisely where to where to be in some of these team fights and you know the speed that uh, that things go and all that. But I mean, as a as a as a viewer, you know, <laughs> I, I um, you know felt like that. The, a lot of the instincts, you know, that you've developed over the course of, of, um, uh, over the course of Overwatch One, you, you know, in a lot of sense, those have to be um, not necessarily thrown out, but you know, readjusted too. Um, just about you know where you're, where you're paying attention and what you're looking out for, and and, and all those kinds of things. So all that to say that I don't, you know, I don't know that that's um, the you know a unique thing to 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 this production or a unique thing to this. Uh, uh, set of observers more than just yeah just as as the what we what we know about watching and and spectating Overwatch is just going to be changing I think for a while, um, but all that to say it definitely was changing uh, yeah things going a lot faster particularly uh, particularly the push maps were just crazy to watch uh, just with the the absolute chaos that they became yeah, yeah I was going to uh, ask you what you thought of push. <laughs> yeah, chaotic is is a, is a great word. Uh, well, and and with how short the mode is too, I wonder. Uh, it's almost to the point that I wonder if they'll um, make an adjustment one way or the other to to the length of um, the, the the game mode. Even like if they if they kick it up to ten minutes or something, I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, that would be that would be kind of drastic, but um, it, it might allow things to settle a little bit, maybe <laughs> at the same time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think ten, I think eight minutes definitely makes it more panicky for sure. Because yeah, I don't know. You look up at some point while watching the game, you're like, "Oh God, my team only has two minutes to catch up here. <laughs> what happened?" Um, yeah. yeah, so m maybe adding a couple minutes to it. I, I think there are probably some people who like the eight minutes, like that it's a quicker map mode. Uh, but overall, I thought it was exciting. For some reason, Coliseo felt way harder to spectate than New Queen Street. New Queen Street felt fine to me. It felt like it was way easier to spectate to me. But something about Col Coliseo, maybe the team fights were all over the place 
or something like that there that just it felt way harder to catch up with for me but i gotta say overall it was super exciting i think there were a couple matches where it was super close and push was one of the more exciting modes for me to watch as a spectator i think toronto was super close to coming back against washington in overtime and they ended up losing on push i think that was one of my favorite pushes to watch throughout the um throughout the weekend i think vancouver boston was close like close matches on push are a lot of fun to watch um because it does get really panicky at the end and it kind of gets really like it like one kill decides everything and it's super scary it's i think that's super fun but yeah overall spectators maybe need to get more used to it and maybe they need to adjust the game mode a bit to make it a bit longer i agree joe yeah and it's it's interesting too the uh, you know that they have it as as the map four spot, so it's not even played every series. But I think, at least for now, that's probably good um, because we only have the two maps. Excuse me. That if we saw you know every team play it every series, it may it might get old if it was just on those two maps. But um, uh, you, you, I don't I don't know really how that would play out. But um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely good to see and definitely a welcome addition. I think. Um, to shoot the lineup as far as that goes. Yeah, I agree. Should be super interesting overall. Uh, Going to be some growing pains for sure, but we'll see what happens. Uh, another thing I thought to uh, mention was just like the the heroes in the meta a little bit because we we talked about you know that in in some ways there isn't really one, but uh, it's it was telling. We saw um, out of all the eligible heroes, so not wrecking ball. Uh, this weekend, only uh, all but two got at least some kind of playtime, um, which were uh, Arissa, <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, the reworked Arissa, and Torb um, were the, the only the only two heroes that didn't get any kind of playtime at all uh, this yes. weekend, which I think was notable. Um, yeah. If I had to, if I had to preseason sit down and, and pick heroes that I thought might have been. Um, uh, might have been um, uh, commonly picked, or you know, kind of kind of meta-ish. Uh, I mean, obviously, Lucio, Anna were were really um, big looking and, and big sounding supports, you know, in the alpha and the beta and that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I don't know that I would have landed on Genji Soldier. But we saw a lot of Genji Shul Genji Soldier um, uh, this past week too. It's which which I thought was interesting. Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, God, I yeah. Overall, overall, I think metal was pretty good this week. Um, I, yeah, overall, it, on on the beta too. If you played tank, Arissa definitely feels very good on ladder, and it just seems like in a team envir environment so far, she doesn't do as well as Reinhardt, which is uh, everyone is categor categorizing those two tanks as like sort of the same role. They both are rush tanks. Um, and Arissa just isn't as good in a team environment as Reinhardt would be, which is sad. Uh, may, I don't know if you need to change Arissa then that much because she's definitely like super fun to play on quick play and on on ladder so far. So yeah, very very interesting. We'll see where they go. This obviously there's already been a patch that they haven't played on yet. Don't know when that's going to be implemented in the league, but Meta could have cha could change based off those changes too. Um. All right, yeah, long first weekend, so we talked about it forever. Um, but yeah, let's get into the news before we just make our four predictions for next week, Joe. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And the first news, which was at the at the top of the weekend, they announced this with a great video. Highly recommend watching it in memory of Alarm. They have named the Rookie of the Year award, the Alarm Rookie of the Year award, in his honor. Uh, obviously, he won Rookie of the Year, unfortunately passed this offseason. Um, and he is getting the uh, award to as a tribute, which is absolutely fantastic. They have a great article with a bunch of quotes from... Uh, a bunch of people, different people, um, like the editors and Sean Miller and all these people. So, yeah, brought tears to my eyes watching this thing. It's so so sad to know he's he's passed here in this offseason. Uh, one of the biggest and best players in the Overwatch League. And this is a great tribute for him. This is what they should have done for sure. So, so happy that they did. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, glad glad we have an alarm rookie of the year award uh, this year. Um, all right, today they gave us some contenders path to pro update. Um, of course, they announced uh, a bit back that contenders would be on Overwatch two as well, and they would announce the beginning of contenders and open division and all that later. This is when they're announcing that it's going to be called the Overwatch Contenders Summer Series twenty twenty two. Uh, with tournaments in North America, Europe, South Korea, uh, and then Australian slash New Zealand. Um, all the little details in there uh, are on, on the website, how many teams make it, all that stuff, um, as well as um, a, Chinese, a Chinese one as well, which details will be provided later through the China Contenders, it's, it seems. Uh, they're also doing open division uh, to sort of qualify for that contenders obviously um registrating starting today so if you want to play an open division for overwatch 2 and you have the pvp beta go ahead and do it tournament starts may 21st for that so to to get your way into that contender summer series yeah and uh, open division is on overwatch one. Oh, okay my uh, so that's that's there but but <laughs> if you big. make the the top 32 teams uh, in each region will get beta access if they haven't already because then Contenders Summer Series itself will be um, Overwatch 2. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I guess they're taking into account not everyone has the PvP beta uh, for Open I Divisions. Guess. Which, I don't know, just overall is going to be weird because if you're good at Overwatch 1, you're not necessarily going to be good at Overwatch 2. <laughs> so yeah, that's a bit weird, but I guess it's good they still have this. <laughs> Um, oh yeah gonna be interesting to see i mentioned a patch earlier with a bunch of patch notes that happened on may 5th and if you haven't seen it by now um they changed a lot and that's fantastic i overall we, we could talk about what happened in the patch later i guess joe here in a second i just am glad that there there is a patch with this many changes immediately like i mentioned it would happen earlier they nerfed soldier they buffed sojourns right click a little bit um, Sombra got a bit uh, nerfed, which was interesting. Um, but the big ones, Joe, include a whole hog changing to from a cha- channeled ultimate to a transform ultimate, which means you basically have control over his whole hog. You have to left click in order for it to shoot. You can hook and you can heal. Um, and stuns don't cancel the ultimate anymore, which is insane. Um, what, what do you think about that Roadhog change in general, Joe? Do you think that that's the reason why he stinks i guess i mean whole hog sucks in general does this make it better at least yeah i mean it's it certainly uh certainly is an improvement that's for sure uh i, I don't know if you saw 
Um, there briefly, when this this patch was released, there was a, a hubbub on on the internet that uh, uh, they hadn't capped his uh, max fire rate um, on Whole Hog. <laughs> Did you see this? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the 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 more you could left click, the more shots you could fire up till just like face melting amounts of damage. Um, and I, I don't. There wasn't a. Uh, separate patch entry on these patch notes um, that, that fixed that directly but I do see where it's listed uh, where they have fixed a bug where the scrap gun lacked recovery time while whole hog was active so I'm going to assume um, that that was that change um, but yeah like I said it, it certainly can't uh, certainly can't hurt Roadhog uh, we saw him you know played a, a very little tiny bit um, uh, both, both uneffectively on Gibraltar, Gibraltar and uh, to very slight effect with the the Bastion combo from from uh, Toronto, but uh, yeah, that the, the soldier nerf yeah, it's um, definitely not um, surprising. You know, you've seen how how big he is. Although uh, the tech visor change uh, was interesting, that now if you if you do aim while using tech visor, and you can uh, have the potential to get headshots, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a big one for soldier as well that I forgot about. You're right. Yeah, uh, and uh, Wrecking Ball also got a, a pretty relatively significant buff to his uh, uh, knockback that now deals more than a third more um, knockback, uh, which pretty well um, um, negates the knockback resistance of if he's moving another tank. Uh, but if you're not moving another tank, I mean, that's going to be a pretty a pretty uh, a large distance um uh, to to knock away the the non tank heroes as well, so that's that's definitely significant. Uh, and of course, the big um, the the other big change was to Zenyatta uh, that you've again <laughs> certainly seen by now if you've been on social media at all since the fifth. Um, but now his his kick is like a mega kick. It's crazy. Yep, he has knockback, just a little less knockback than a Lucio boop. But it's a big knockback, so um, it's a way to sort of... He's been struggling with flankers, stuff like that. It's a way for him to, I guess, literally just kick them away from him and and be able to sort of headshot them, discord them, that sort of stuff. Get them away from him. Uh, and people are already just memeing with this like crazy. It also does more damage, too. So, uh, yeah, this is hilarious. I love this change. People were worried it would be OP at first. It doesn't seem that op to me or that i don't know it definitely helps him but i don't think it's like making him absolutely busted or anything because it's still a melee it's still not like i don't know melees are still clunky and weird to use so it's it's definitely um you have to be very close for this to make any uh significant impact um so i think this is a very fun and cool way to make changes i hope we get more of these throughout the betas um, but yeah, as far as support supports go, besides that, um, Anna got her ammo increased, but duration of biotic grenade brought down. Lucio got nerfed with self healing, a self healing nerf. Um, Baptiste's healing ammo was increased, and then Brigida's knockback was doubled, so it actually feels like with that shield bass you're doing something. I think I mentioned here before on this podcast at some point, the shield bass just feels not satisfying at all. Even though you're doing damage, it just feels like it should be doing something else. Uh, and I fix that by um, making it uh, making it feel like you're actually doing something and having them 
get knocked back at least a little bit more. Um, but then again, it like, I don't know. I don't think it hurts that much because her whip isn't really out of range with the knockback, but you do want players to be close uh, at least. Um, oh, Kaluj, <laughs> the, the spice is just coming on the reply to our tweet, Joe. Yeah. Wow. Um, geez, Kaluj calls out Dante's height, <laughs> saying I could never get outsized by someone that is five foot four. Oh, man, our tweet is <laughs> it's turning into a battleground, Joe. This one's doing Insane. numbers. Welcome to all the new listeners who are listening to this episode because you started paying attention to us after this Dante interaction. We're not we're not as spicy as that Kalouche take, but wow, <laughs> fantastic. Um, anything else to talk about with this patch before we predict our four matches? Um, yeah, I'm just interested to see you know when. Um, uh, you know when these changes ever actually make it into league I assume it won't be till you know like the second tournament or whatever which by then hopefully we will have had um, several more beta patches and so it, things will look different but because um, uh, I assume they won't change you know week to week um, like the precedent that they've set but um, but yeah it's good to know they're iterating it's good to know they're you know they're willing to iterate to such a degree Um and we're just along for the ride. Yeah, definitely. It's it's nice to see. Hopefully we get more something else this week, I guess, as far as feedback for this patch goes, stuff like that. Um, seems like fun. Let's get into predictions, Joe, where uh, as far as the points goes for the Pick'em, we can't be in a group together yet, but we do know that I scored 19 and he scored 18. So we are very close head-to-head uh, here in the first week. Very exciting. Less games to pick from this week. Um, but we will pick four of them here on broadcast for or on the podcast for you, not broadcast. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I have to pick first since I'm in the lead this week. Um, and the first game is a very exciting one: Houston, San Francisco. We're getting this on Friday, which is the first day this week. No Thursday games. Um, the second game of the day is the Houston Outlaws versus the San Francisco Shock. The Shock, a perfect week not a single map dropped one every single match against the houston outlaws who look fantastic against the fuel not as well prepared against toronto this is the first big test for the shock and they gotta face the outlaws and obviously there's a lot of shit talking already happening on twitter (laughs) under our tweet for this match um god all right i think i will pick since i have the first pick I think I will pick the Outlaws just because this is the first big match for these rookies on the San Francisco Shock. Um, I think maybe they'll, they might get... We didn't see any nerves at all in those first two matches. I think we might get them. If they end up losing map one, that's when the nerves sort of start to come out for a younger player, maybe. I think we might see them if Houston is uh, looking, to, looking like they're coming out on top at any point. So I'm going to pick Houston just because of their... Um, just because of their experience, just because Dante's good, just because Pelican has been insane for this team. I don't think we mentioned him yet on this podcast, but he was really good this week. Uh, one of the best Echo, I think, in my opinion. So I'll go Houston Outlaws to beat the Shock uh, in a very close game, though. Who do you got, Joe? Oh, yeah, very, very close for sure. Um, 
Uh, and it's funny because I had already been leaning a little bit towards uh, San Francisco. So I'll, I'll go ahead. And, I'll go ahead and uh, hang on to that one uh, in in San Francisco. But yeah, definitely, a, definitely a close match here. Um, um, yeah, the, the the match of the week I, I don't think is is uh, a stretch to say at all. Um, uh, and, and one that could have a lot of implications. I mean, I'm try- I remember uh, you know looking back to the first matchup between between Houston and San Francisco uh, last season. You know, that was um, the one that ended famously with um, uh, Jangu's big earth shatter on uh, Havana um, <laughs> that got played 700 times for for the rest of the year. <laughs> you know, just in all, yeah. the, all the replay highlights and whatever. Um, and yeah, this one definitely has the potential to be to be just as just as memorable um, and just as explosive. Yeah, I'm very excited to see this one again. I'm I'm just excited. Houston and San Francisco are both going to be really good again this year. So this is going to be fun. Hopefully, as fun as that matchup last year. All right, up next is Washington versus Atlanta, which is the game happening right after it. Uh, Washington, as we mentioned, up and down week, get stomped by Dallas. I uh, end up having a nice game against Toronto. Meanwhile, Atlanta just cruising through the weekend. Um, this is uh, possibly a harder matchup than Florida, but I don't know. I think it's debatable, which uh, which I think it's obvious now. I'm going to pick Atlanta to win this game. I'm not confident Washington can win bigger games yet. Uh, maybe if Happy's able to carry them, but yeah, I don't know if you can against this Atlanta team that's looking like a well-oiled squad already. Uh, who do you got in this matchup, Joe? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's where I'm leaning to. Uh, obviously, they they can't all be competitive, and we're only looking at uh, nine matches this coming weekend. Uh, it's going to be a short one, um, um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, th- not not that uh, not that this series won't be competitive necessarily. I think, uh, but you know, particularly if we see uh, you know quote unquote the good Washington show up um, this it can get a little spicy uh, but yeah definitely Atlanta with the advantage and just the like we talked about the consistency they've been showing um, I would uh, not be at all surprised to see that uh, 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 you know show up again yeah uh, I agree I still think this Washington could still surprise me they always could but I am very doubtful of them all right next one LA Gladiators Dallas Fuel on Saturday at uh, the middle game there. This one's going to be super exciting. A Gladiators team that went 2-0, and but people aren't as confident on. Meanwhile, a Fuel team that went 1-1, and and I think everyone's confidence fully restored in them after they 3-0'd the Washington Justice and looked back to normal. I mean, going into the season, this team had insane expectations. I think it's fair to say they're, they can live up to it. They're good. Uh, but now they got the Gladiators. It's a big match for both teams here in the kickoff clash, no doubt. And I have to pick it first. Um, <laughs> I think I go Dallas. I think the Gladiators have a better chance against Dallas the later we get into the year. Uh, but for now, like I mentioned with the Gladiators, this whole show, they still got some players who are a bit shaky. They still got some players who you know, need to get it fully together and they need to get that teamwork fully together before they can beat a team like Dallas who have all been playing together. Uh, for a while now so yeah i'll go dallas um despite the fact gladiators have a better record i'll go dallas to win this one who do you got dallas gladiators joe yeah uh yeah very initially um 
very initially I've been leading into the gladiators here I think I think you're absolutely right that yeah Dallas um, definitely did win back a lot of um, a, a lot of favor uh, with that Washington win um, and it will it will be another close one for sure um, uh, yeah I think um, the gladiators will be able to uh, take this this week or this weekend except it's the weekend in between the weekends um, and 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 you know do some recovery do some uh, review do some um, you know strategizing for for their next big matchup um, uh, which will be obviously this this uh, uh, Dallas match the only one they've got going this week uh, only one match as far as that goes uh, and 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 that definitely have the potential to come up with something good um, and of course, the advantage here is that I can I can say gladiators on the show, and then if I decide to change it later, I can just change it online. And it's okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but for now, yeah, I'll, I'm I'm going uh, uh, gladiators here on, here on the show. Jeez, making making the segment seem worthless, Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The first couple of seasons, they didn't have the pickums, and we just actually kept score based on what we said on the show. But well, it's it's more comprehensive this way, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, last game, last game of the four, and it is the very last game actually of the weekend as well. Toronto versus Paris. This should be a super interesting one. I think this is yeah the only game for both of them this weekend. So uh, they're both sitting in their facilities preparing for this one, unless they have a day off, which I don't blame you. Monday's a nice day off for for Overwatch League players usually. Uh, Toronto, Paris, Toronto. Uh, looking good there at the end end of the weekend, obviously getting that upset against the Outlaws. Meanwhile, Eternal, not great throughout the weekend, um, which, you know, sometimes you just got to make your picks based off that, so I will. Uh, I'll pick the Toronto Defiant to win, who I think looked better over the weekend. Had a closer match against Washington. Paris, as we've said, I'm not confident. They didn't make too many spicy changes this offseason, whereas the Toronto Defiant should be much better than they were last year based off their talent. So I'll go Toronto to win this one in the last last game of the weekend. Uh, who you got one in this one, Joe? I, yeah, I think that's where I'm leaning to. Uh, we, we talked about, you know, Toronto kind of going back and forth um, uh, this weekend and uh, taking the upset over Houston but losing one that they uh, felt more attainable, uh, at least, you know, in... in uh, looking ahead in our, in our preview last week um but yeah i, I definitely anticipate this is going to be uh, a good week to bounce back for them uh like we're talking about with with several of these teams um uh and and the win uh is definitely not um uh, too far out of their reach here yeah uh, i agree um it should be, all these four games should be close joe i, I hope um i really hope because close oh, yeah, games close. are fun oh yeah that's exactly what i was just gonna say <laughs> um all right that's uh it we got nothing else here on the podcast joe unless you have something else i don't want to cut you off or silence you i guess no no it's all good i think i think that is about it um yeah the week one is done we're officially into it um it's just a matter of it's the it's the erisa watch i guess (laughs) the the erisa countdown to see you know when or if we ever we ever get to see her I want it. I love playing her so far, Joe. I I feel like I'm becoming an Arissa main. Insane. Imagine if I went back to my past self and said, "You'll be an Arissa main one day." I'd probably cry. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Uh, all right. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter's Twitter, my Twitter is at JW George IV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. INC. And our show's Twitter is at on the flank show. Uh, it is now a Twitter that not only tweets out some great power rankings, predictions, all that, but it starts fights between players. Now <laughs> we can officially say that, which is great. Um, you're listening to this one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, we are on on hyphen the hyphen flank co. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, enjoy week two of the kickoff clash. <laughs>